Back at the start of the summer, I was doing a fragrance matching for a lady who was getting married. She came to me because she wanted something really special for a wedding day, something that really spoke to her. I ran through my usual routine of asking her questions and finding out what character of scent she liked best. We were working through a range of tests together when I showed her Unum's Planjou 3 to 5. Immediately she lit up. I'm seven or eight, she said, back in Germany and I'm playing with my friend in her attic. We're pretending to be witches and I'm so happy. This perfume smells like that, it reminds me of playing witches. She was completely captivated and wore the scent on her wedding day, looking and feeling like a million dollars. Who could have predicted that showing her that scent would have evoked such a strange, forgotten, hidden memory for her? Perfume's about connection. Connection with people from different cultures and places, but also connections with different versions of yourself. I'm Nicola Thomas, and you're listening to The Sniff. We've got some great reviews for you here today on The Sniff. First up, we're going to take a look at Luministe by Frappan. The notes of Luministe include bergamot, black pepper, cardamom, lemon, pink pepper, juniper, nutmeg, peony, thyme, oak moss and tonka bean. This fragrance has been around for a while, it's been around since 2009, and it causes an awful lot of hype. It's one of those scents that it inspires devotion amongst people who love it. It's a bold, unisex fragrance, completely loaded with citrus and full of life. It's maybe not the most complex or most balanced that we've tried, but it's so full of energy that it's really hard to not be completely charmed by it. Frappan are quite an interesting brand. They're French, and they started out as cognac producers in 1270, impressively. Since then, they've moved on to producing a range of scents as well as cognac. And this longevity has allowed them to refine their methods and control each step of the process. And it allows them to pay meticulous attention to detail, which is definitely reflected in their fragrance line. All their fragrances offer inspiration from their cognacs, um, their history and their land. Frappan scents are produced on a small scale to preserve their quality, and unsurprisingly, given their traditions, their lines often have a boozy or alcoholic note, This, though, is opulent, rich French cognac territory, not a turbo shandy down your local boozer on a Friday night. Don't be put off by the blend of alcohol production traditions with perfume. We promise you're not going to smell like an old pub carpet if you wear any of their fragrances. Luministe opens with a bold swipe of citrus, and it really is delightfully bold. It's sherbet lemons and then some. But here's the clever thing. You can really tell that this is lemon oil that's being used. The lemon has this really waxy, thick smell to it that beefs it up and makes it almost substantial, so much so that it's almost a taste as well as a smell. When you breathe it in, you can feel it zapping around your sinuses like a ball bearing tearing around a pinball machine. All our testers all really liked this. the opening to this scent. It really beguiles you into thinking it's a simple citrus, but in fact it's a citrus with scaffolding, citrus on steroids. It's really lively and full of energy, and it's fantastic for those gloomy winter months when you just need a real pick-me-up and a real hit of kind of get-up-and-go. 
Like many beautiful things, though, there's a bit of a flaw with Luministe, and in this case, we felt it was the heart of the perfume. It just doesn't match the strength of the opening, either in terms of excitement or punch. As a result, the scent feels like it's split into a start and a finish, with something totally different in between. That's not to say that the middle isn't pleasant, it really is, but it feels strangely disconnected from the top and base notes. The spicy notes come through in the middle, you get the bright pink pepper, the roughness of a hint of capsicum and touches of leather, polished or waxed. The lemon warms until it has a more transparent feel, like lime or yuzu. Still very definitely citrus, but not so sharp on their nose. The finale to Luministe refers back to the start quite beautifully. A strong gin acidity sits alongside green wood, a continuing hint of leather and lemon furniture polish. Underneath it all, there is something ever so slightly sweet, an almost raisin-like note, which could very well be the tonka bean coming through. But it's not really identifiable as tonka. You don't kind of get that sweet hit from it. It's more of this chewy stickiness right on the cusp of not being sweet at all. And it's not easy to always catch a scent of. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. It kind of moves in and out, which is quite nice. We really enjoyed that about it. Loads of people on the internet complain about the longevity of Luministe, but we found it, when we tested this, we found it totally the opposite. It was excellent. On my skin, it was very noticeable at lunch and detectable by the end of the day. So we would really say you really need to try this one on your own skin to see how it fares for you. The silage of the scent was also excellent. When we talk about silage, we're talking about the amount that trails behind you when you walk past somebody or the way it projects from your body. And the the silage here was beautiful, very citrusy, very energetic, even when those notes have died down in the fragrance. And the silage lasted all day too. We think this is a great unisex scent, one that is very wearable for people of all genders. Several websites list it as just a masculine fragrance, but I'm more than happy to wear it. I think it's lovely. The packaging is also really beautiful. It's a really attractively shaped bottle capped with beech wood in reference to the beech casks that are used in cognac production. The bottle really just oozes style. It, you know, it's very beautiful. All in all, Luministe is probably one of those fragrances that people are either completely evangelical about or left a little bit wanting when they smell. In a way, it feels like a little bit of an incomplete story because of this split between the top and the base with this different middle sandwiched between them. It doesn't have the complete balance that some really great perfumes do. And there's no getting away from the fact that some people will just find it too citrusy. Despite all that, we're utterly charmed by it. It's exuberant, it's bold, it's energetic, the citrus is punchy, but I happen to love citrus, so I don't see that as being a bad thing at all. If this fragrance were a person, it would be the charismatic friend that always gets the party started. Maybe you aren't going to trust them with your innermost secrets, but you know that when your spirits need lifting, they will do that for you, and you can't help but love them for it. That's Luministe by Frappan in a nutshell. Hello, I'm Amanda Beadle. I'm the founder of Bordeaux. Bordeaux is French for beadle, if you're wondering where the name came from. The first perfume that I released is called Chenoir. It was a bespoke perfume for a family who have a vineyard in Sussex. It's set beneath the South Downs, so 
separated from the countryside and the ocean by a large hill mass called the South Downs, which is now a national park. They wanted the perfume to reflect the landscape that they'd created for their vineyard. And it's a beautiful landscape. It was very inspiring. And so the, the perfume it almost created itself. I discovered the Art and Olfaction Awards and decided to have a look, see what was involved. So I entered Chenoir into the competition with no expectations at all about coming anywhere in the competition, just wanted to find out what was involved and to be part of the Art and Olfaction family, really, just to, to join in. And so it was absolute shock when I got the email to say that Chenoir had been shortlisted and was in the top 10 of all the entries they'd received from around the world because this is a, a global celebration of independent and artisan perfumery. That catapulted me into this world and it's just been an amazing year since then. Winning the award has just given me the most amazing it's the time of my life, really. I'm really, really loving life, fully immersed in perfume and meeting so many wonderful, inspiring people. It's given me a lot of international attention, which is fantastic. I've been approached by people who want to commission me to make perfumes for them, and that's really, really exciting. I've always been passionate about perfume. I'm first and foremost a, co a collector myself. I've started collecting in my 20s had a, a huge collection, mainly of designer fragrances, because that's pretty much mostly what was around all those years ago. And so it started from a passion just for enjoying perfumery. And then I fell into the rabbit hole of making perfume. I'm self-taught perfumer. I started with lots of workshops and, and some courses. My very first workshop was with Sarah McCartney from 4,160 Tuesdays. I was reading an article in the Sunday Times, I think, about ISOE Super. I started to become fascinated by that. And then it also told me that Sarah McCartney runs workshops if you're interested in finding out more. So I signed up. I did my first workshop was a gourmand workshop and Probably my favourite, my personal favourite of all the perfumes that I've made. I started it in that first workshop and one day I will revisit it and do something with that one. And then she also did workshops for chipras, for fougeres, for florals, fruits, everything. And I pretty much did them all. <laughs> Over and above the workshops and training courses, the internet has made perfumery really, really accessible. There are lots of sources on the internet there are Facebook groups, there's uh, forums within Base Notes. The Good Sense Company has an amazing database with so much information about all the different ingredients. So getting access to knowledge is quite easy now that we've got those resources on the internet. And then the third thing, and this is probably where I've learned the most, is through buying materials and experimenting at home. That's how I learn best by interacting with the materials, making trials and seeing what does and what doesn't work and learning through experience. Ibu and Chouette uh, are named after two types of 
owl in French because the perfume was inspired by the nighttime. I seem to be going down this Franglaise French theme with names. So we just looked, wonder what night owl is in French. And we discovered there were two, Chouette and Ibu. The perfumes, it's, it's one perfume done two ways, really. So Ibu and Chouette share notes of amber, flowers and fruit. So they're floriental fragrances. One of them, Ibu, is very vibrant and vivid and Chouette is a more subtle and mellow version of the same sets of notes. So it's it's one perfume with two different personalities, really. It can take anything up to two years to create a, a formula. Chemois, for example, was two years in the making. But then others, the very first one that I made... I did, it, I did do that in one workshop, but then I'll take it and develop it further. And you have to live with it for a while and then you modify it and then you live with that modification for a while. For me, there's no quick creation of a scent. It does take time. I've been asked what would be the minimum I could do it in. And I think probably to come up with something that I'm happy with, the minimum would be a year. Inspiration for perfumes are just everywhere. I see them everywhere and I, I can't stop seeing them. I walk my dog every day and there are so many things along the way and they change with, with the season. So at the moment, I'm stopping and smelling every single rose. I take photographs of things that I see along the route and make notes about the smells that I'm feeling. Another form of inspiration is travel. Travel, you go to a new country, it smells different. You go to a new city, it'll smell different to the last one. And I take notes when I'm in a new place of what that city smells like to me. And I record them all on my phone. Part of my own personal creative process is I like to I like to paint as part of the brief for a perfume. So with Chenoir, I painted a, a watercolour of the landscape of the vineyard. And the colours that I use and the structure and the composition in the painting help me formulate ideas about the direction that the perfume might take. When, when is the scent finished? It's a little bit like when's the painting finished? Sometimes never. Um, and then other times you might think, yes, that's it. There is nothing I want to add. There is nothing I want to take away. I'm really happy with how that looks or how that smells or how that feels. And sometimes you need somebody else to tell you, yes, that's ex particularly if it's a bespoke perfume that you're doing for somebody else. They will have the decision as to when it's when it's perfect because you're making it for them. Is there a smell that I hate? I don't know that I hate any smells there are some smells that on on me don't work in a perfume and the one that springs to mind is cumin I can enjoy cumin in a fragrance in the air or on on the spills but on my skin it, it just doesn't work so I would never choose for myself a, a perfume that has it in I'll tell you about very early childhood olfactory memory that I have we would always go for Sunday afternoon tea at my grandmother's house and in the winter we sat around the fireplace and in the summer we sat in the garden and it was a traditional old-fashioned tea with sandwiches from freshly cut bread with jams and 
meat paste, which I wasn't so keen on, and cakes, homemade cakes. She had a cake tin that would smell of this weird mixture of metallic from the tin and then the gourmand smells from the cakes, vanillas and strawberries and chocolates. That really, really stuck with me. And if we were, if it was summertime, you'd be surrounded by herbs and roses in the garden. And if it was wintertime, you'd have the... It wasn't a log fire. They had a coal fire. You don't see many of those these days. So a sooty sort of smell from the fireplace. The first perfume that I made at a workshop was called my grandmother's empty cake tin and it was a gourmand that tried to marry this metallic scent with the cakey smells the biggest difficulty that I have and the thing that disappoints me the most I guess is shipping (laughs) international shipping of perfume is so difficult and so expensive and I have to disappoint so many people that want to buy the perfumes from overseas and I just can't get it to them Amanda Beadle is the founder of Bordeaux Perfumes. Bordeaux make artisan scents by hand in small batches and they're based in Sussex. Bordeaux made waves in 2018 by winning the Art and Olfaction Award artisan category and you can find out more on their website bordeaux.co.uk. What smells do you really dislike? I don't think there are that many smells that I absolutely hate, but like sulfury, rotten eggs, I really, that just turns my stomach. Chanel number five. <laughs> I really hate that smell. Bleach smells like bleach. Bleach is just more. Yeah, no, can't, can't do it. Mustard. Anything like kerosene, um, petrol, f- factory smell, machines. Ugh. Hot milk. I hate the smell of hot milk. Rotting meat. Oh, lavender. Really hate lavender. Makes me feel sick. Yeah, probably lavender more than anything else. For a final review today, we're going to be looking at Rhinoceros by Canadian perfume house Zoologist. The notes in Rhinoceros include bergamot, elame, Lavender, rum, sage, wormwood, cedar, geranium, immortelle, oud, pine, tobacco, amber, leather, musk, sandalwood, smoke and vetiver. Zoologists are possibly best known for their really uncompromising fragrance bat, which smelled of damp soil and crypts and rotting fruit. Unfortunately, that's been recently discontinued. Zoologist is a very bold fragrance house, quite challenging and genuinely rather different to anything else that you'll find on the high street. So much so that if you find one you like, it really will become your signature scent. The sort of fragrance that new people who meet you will say things like, you know, the guy who smells like delicious soil, or the new girl, the one who smells like she's rolled in freshly cut hair. For those interested in avant-garde fragrances amongst you, this is the brand you should be checking out. Zoologists were formed in 2013 but are already making waves and have won several awards and been critically lauded for their intriguing and unusual fragrances. Although zoologist scents take inspiration from the animal kingdom and are indeed all named after animals, they're really keen to stress that no animal products are used in their production. Rhinoceros to our nose was a bit easier and a bit less challenging to wear than bat. 
That doesn't take anything away from Bat in the slightest, just to say that if you want to ease yourself into this brand, then rhinoceros might be a better way to do it. The first scents to hit you when you wear rhinoceros are medicinal ones, almost a bit like TCP, but in the way that some whiskies are. Think Laphroaig here and you'll get it. It's a delicious sort of medicinal, and yes, even peaty in its top notes. Once you've become accustomed to that hit of TCP, smoky, boozy notes emerge. Suddenly you find yourself transported to a gentleman's club in the 1940s. Leather, smoke, booze, all mingling to form something which together will remind you of a bar you've been in at some point in your life, probably. When we tested this, I could virtually see the leather wing-back chairs, the velvet smoking jackets and the waxed moustaches. Phileas fog smells like this, I imagine. The perfume really mellows as it settles, unfolding into notes of lavender and a gentle, dry warmth. The leather and booze notes never really go away, but the sweetness of rum starts to come through, which sets the fragrance up as a delightful set of almost contradicting flavours. There's a lot of sweetness in the base of this perfume, and combined with the medicinal and leathery top notes, there's an intriguing playoff between the adult, hard, boozy notes and the more playful, sweeter, almost vanilla notes in the base. It's a bit like a sort of rum and raisin ice cream in a way. A chance to be naughty during the day, but somehow get away with it. Be a kid, but with this grown-up edge. There's also a pleasant musk to the base, and a note that smells very much like dry green tea leaves. From the notes for this fragrance, I think this is the vetiver coming through, but it's a very dry, earthy vetiver, which is much less citrusy than you might expect. It also adds a nice complexity to the base, however, and tempers the sweetness pleasantly. The longevity of rhinoceros was really good. It was still discernible at the end of the day, which is very pleasing. And really for the price, you don't want to be reapplying every few hours. The artwork that accompanies this line is very cool and not what you'd normally expect from a niche perfume house. That said, the bottles aren't the most pleasingly designed that I've ever seen, but that's barely a consideration. They're certainly not offensive. We found that rhinoceros tended towards the stereotypically male end of the spectrum and in the way that people discuss it online you will see that reflected. But that said, it could work really well on somebody of any gender who wanted to wear something a bit edgy and a bit different. There's certainly enough scope in the wearability of the fragrance for it to fit any gender. It's definitely worth checking this fragrance out if you are someone who gets tired of the typical woody male fragrances and wants something that has panache without being too weird. Zoologist perfumes are available from Bloom Perfumery in London or from Zoologist's web boutique, which is zoologistperfumes.com. The Sniff is written and produced by me, Nicola Thomas, with music by Phil Collingwood. Our special guest today was Amanda Beadle from Badeau Perfumes. We weren't sponsored by any of the brands featured in today's show. We purchased a sample of Luministe in order to review it, and were given a free sample of Zoologist's Rhinoceros by Bloom Perfumery London. You can find all our reviews online at the-sniff.com. We're also on Instagram at the Sniff website and Twitter with the same handle. We'd love it if you gave us a like. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>